I'm so excited to be with you this Sunday morning. Uh, who was here last week? Who was here last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are y'all pumped about this series? Like this series, ooh, it's a tough one, but it's a good one. Uh, and so last week we talked about forgiveness, forgiving others, and the, the power that comes and the healing that comes through doing that. And so we're continuing our series, A New Day. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this topic because we're going to be talking about forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself. Someone say, ooh, ooh, forgiving yourself. You see, if we're honest and we're transparent, we can come to church and we can look the part and think we have it all together and ah, we can have the wonderful conversations, give the hugs, right? Oh, yeah, church hug. Hi, 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 right? But man, we're all broken in some areas of our life. And we make mistakes. And that can weigh on us a little bit. And so I want to talk about the power of forgiving yourself. Someone say, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. I want to share the scripture with you. This is found in Romans chapter 8. Before we jump into it, you got notes underneath your chair. And I want to tell you something. This week, you're going to need some note taking. Because this week, I was prepping this. And this changed my heart. This was stirring in me whenever I was, I was looking through the scriptures. And I will tell you what, this will transform, this will transform Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Not Friday though, not Friday, all right? Um, but Romans 8, chapter 1, if you're taking notes. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, if you belong to Jesus, there is no more burden, there is no more shame, there is no more guilt. Can I get an amen? amen. We don't have to beat ourselves up anymore. If you've given your life to Jesus, if you said Jesus is my Lord and Savior, if you believe in your heart and confess that with your mouth, then this verse applies to you. <laughs> you are free from the burden of your mistakes. And this is the truth. This is the bottom line for today. Our past, our present, and our future has been forgiven. And we no longer need to carry the burden of our inadequacies. There is no more condemnation on your shoulders. You can live a free, free life. Can I get an amen? Amen. And I hope for you, as it is for me, when I read that scripture, when I speak this statement here that I'm free, I can breathe. I'm a little bit cold, so I can't breathe, but I can breathe. I can breathe. And I hope that the message today, I hope that it allows each and every person in this room for maybe the first time in a long time to take a real breath, to take a real breath. Can I pray for y'all real quick before we jump into this? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that thousands of years ago, you forgave us. You went to the cross, died and rose again so that we could be set free. So that scripture that we read, that there is no more condemnation, that that is true. Those aren't just words found in a cool book, but those are words that transform our life from the inside out. God, there is no more condemnation. And may we understand that in today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, so uh, usually I start out with a funny story because I feel like I'm a mildly funny guy. Uh, but I want to I want to jump into something uh, that really bugged me. Okay, and this was uh, this was about a year ago, two years ago ish. I'm not good with timelines. Okay, um, and and I I want to give some preface to this. I was kind of a jerk in high school. Was anyone else a jerk? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. You know who you are. Okay, uh, I was a little bit of a jerk in high school. Uh, my friends can attest to that. Uh, I thought I was the cool guy. Um, to be honest, I dressed in affliction shirts. Enough said. 
Okay, enough said. Uh, maybe a V-neck from Express. Hey, okay. Um, and so uh, I thought I was cool. Uh, and and uh, there was one kid who lived on our street. And uh, I bullied him. And, I, and this, this weighs on me so much. This weighs on me so much. Every time I talk about this story, it weighs on me so much. Um, and I don't want to really get into the specifics because then I'll really cry and, and it really upsets me. Um, but this kid who, who wanted to be my friend and I didn't have the right perspective about. Uh, I had a hard time loving. He was different than I was. And so my friends and I would bully this kid. There was one, there was one time where we hopped off the bus and uh, my friends and I, we, we had him down to my house and we just started like wrestling and beating him up. And uh, he was outside. He was like running away from us. And uh, we stopped and we wanted some like food. <laughs> so we went inside. He's like, can I come in? I said, no, you got to go home, bro. So all we did was just have him down in the front yard and just beat him up. A few years later, after we graduate, I found Christ and I realized what I did and didn't know what I was doing then, but uh, I knew what I was doing afterwards and, and what I had done. I ran into him at Starbucks and I put up the big like, nope, not going to see me here. And I was so pulled. The Spirit of God was pulling me to go and talk to him and to just apologize. And I can look back and I can justify it. Ooh. Never underestimate your ability to justify your behavior. That'll preach. That's a whole different sermon. And I justified it. Maybe he forgot it. Oh, I was just a little bullying. But the Spirit of God was weighing on me that I needed to talk to him. I needed to, I needed to, I needed to, I needed to, and I didn't. And I didn't get <laughs> enough courage to just go and say sorry. A simple little thing. I was afraid of what he would say. I was afraid that he would mock me because I'm a man of faith now. How dare you? I'm supposed to be this pastor, right? I was supposed to be this good kid. I wasn't. So I didn't say sorry to him. And I went home and I went to my wife and I was like, babe, I messed up really bad. Because what I've found in Christ, that is so opposite of that. Not to just hurt, but to disclude, to push away. That is some ugly stuff. And our world calls it normal, but oh, the spirit was hitting me. Has anyone ever been in that moment? And, I, and the reason I get emotional is I still haven't fully forgiven myself today. How ugly. And then you know what the enemy throws at me? You call yourself a pastor. With that type of mentality, that's who you really are, Nick. Ugh. 
And the enemy loves to stir in my thoughts. And I haven't fully forgiven myself. That's why I'm telling you what, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. I'm preaching to me today. A moment of failure, we could put this up. A moment of failure is a heavy burden on me. Do you have a heavy burden? Are you carrying something on your shoulders that is weighing you down day after day? Do you blame yourself for a failed marriage? (laughs) That person outside of your marriage that you emotionally opened up to and it started turning into something that you didn't expect? You tried as hard as you could with your kids, but life got a little messy and you feel like you failed them. <laughs> that job that you just couldn't get right and you couldn't provide for your family over and over and over again. That addiction that just held you down for years and years and years and you missed out on your son's childhood. Do you carry a burden today? Last week we asked the question, (laughs) you don't know what they did to me. And today we're going to ask the question, Nick, do you know what I did? You don't know what I did. (laughs) It's not supposed to be a question mark there. I messed up. Do you know what I did? Nick, do you know what I did years ago? Do you know what I did yesterday? (laughs) Let me tell you something that's been weighing on me. It was a month ago. I got home from a busy day of work and uh, right now I'm working with my dad part-time and it's construction. Listen, I'm not built for construction, just straight up, okay? Like that's not my thing, okay? I know where my calling's at, construction ain't it, okay? I got home from a rough day, I was all dusty and everything, I went and got a shower, I felt like crap, sorry, said it, Um, felt terrible and uh, I, I went into zone out mode. I went into zone out mode and I have a wonderful three year old. Oh, this is weighing on me again. I have a wonderful three year old who is exploring the world. Like this kid does a 12 piece puzzle and you might as well think a whole parade happened, okay? (laughs) And I was on my phone, checked out and he said, dad, put the phone down. Really? And that's a burden on me. A stupid little thing with a screen has my attention over my son. And so whether the burden is big or whether the burden is small, we have burdens. Amen? We have burdens. But I don't believe that we're meant to carry those burdens. I I believe that we're meant to process and work through forgiving ourselves so that way we can walk free. Does anyone want to be free in this place today? Is it okay if we are talking heavy today? Is that cool? I want to be free. I want to be able to walk up to that that kid that we used to bully. I want to be able to walk up to him in Starbucks and say, I'm believing in the best in you. How's life going? I want to walk burden free. And now when I see my son and I'm holding my phone, I feel this conviction in my heart and I just, oh, it feels terrible. And it creates like a weird tension in me. I just want to be free of it. I want to be free of it. And so I want to show you today, I want to show you scripturally the power of forgiving self, the power of accepting God's forgiveness and applying it to your own life. And so I want to tell you a story of two disciples that make the same mistake. Two disciples make the same mistake, betraying Jesus. And let me give you some background. 
So Jesus is the Son of God. He was sent by God to be the Savior of mankind. And he would go and he would do his ministry and he would live in such a pure way that he would become the sacrifice, the atoning sacrifice for us so that we could be made free like we were talking earlier. But on that journey, he found some amazing people, some friends that he would call disciples. And he started grooming them and growing them and building them up. Literally, Jesus spent every day with this crew of 12 guys. And these guys did not have it all together. They were imperfect like you and me. And they made mistakes constantly. They didn't understand everything that Jesus said, which I don't even know if I fully understand everything Jesus said. And they lived their life with Jesus. But there's two mistakes that I really want to highlight in today's scriptures that is betraying Jesus. And this is towards the end of his ministry. Jesus is preaching about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the kingdom, the forgiveness to come. He's talking about the moment that he's going to the cross and He's sharing this with his disciples. But before this happened, this man named Judas goes and he talks to some priests who were after Jesus. Here's why they were after Jesus. Jesus was preaching a good message. These priests wanted everyone to live under the law and live up to a perfect standard, which is anyone perfect? No. But Jesus is preaching a whole new message that you don't have to be perfect to be loved by God. You just have to accept the grace that he shows. You have to accept the grace that he shows. And so this conflicted with their message. The priests didn't like it, and they were hunting after Jesus, and they ran into this disciple named Judas. Someone say Judas. Oh, y'all awake today. Someone say Judas. 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 And so this is in Luke chapter 22. If you want to open your Bibles, or if you got the Bible app, which is a really cool modern way. I am terrible with cell phones, so I read the book, okay? Um, I know you do too. <laughs> Um, But check this out. This is in uh, Luke chapter 22, uh, verse 4. And this is talking about Judas. Judas, who was manipulated by the evil one, he made a mistake. And this is where it all begins. Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard, and he discussed with them how he might betray. Someone say betray. Betray Jesus. They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched over for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. And so Judas made a conscious decision for 30 shekels to give Jesus over to the priests. And so Jesus goes and he has his speech at the Last Supper. Yes, the beautiful painting, if you know what that's all about. He talks about his blood and his body being given for the forgiveness of those who (laughs) would accept it. And then he goes to this garden to pray because he knows his days are about to come to an end. And so Judas finds him in this garden and it goes on. We can put this up there in chapter 22, verse 47 through 48. Let me find it in my Bible. We're going to be jumping over a little bit, so please try sticking with me. Verses 47 and 48. Let me find it, 47, 48. And while he was speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the 12, was leading them. He was bringing an army of priests to come and arrest Jesus. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? 
I want to highlight, and, and this is the cool thing about the Gospels, is that they tell the same story from a different perspective and, and different wording. And this says this in Matthew chapter 26, 50. If you want to write this down, it's the same moment. Matthew chapter 26, 50. Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. Someone say friend. Wow. Judas wasn't an enemy. God loved him up until the last moment. Forgave him called him friend. A broken guy who's making a big mistake, about to give him over to the authorities so that Jesus would be crucified on a cross. Friend. Jesus gets handed over and Judas comes to the realization of what he just did. The authorities take Jesus, they start beating him, they start persecuting, they start shaming him, and eventually he goes to a cross. And this story goes on. Can we put this up here? Look at the depiction of what happens to Judas. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. And he said, I have sinned, I have sinned, I have, for I have betrayed innocent blood. The priests were like, what's that mean to us? I don't care. You made the decision. That's your responsibility. And so Judas threw the money into the temple and left. And then he went away and hung himself. He could not find it in his heart to understand the forgiveness that God still offered him. He called him friend. But he could not forgive himself the mistake that he made. He did not grasp the full picture of love. Did you not catch that? They were shaming him. And let me tell you this, and if you want to write this down, shame and guilt will make you forget that you are friend. I hear a lot of, mm. <laughs> shame and guilt will make you forget that you are friend. And this is why forgiving yourself is so important, understanding that God forgives you and saying, hey, yeah, I messed up, but it's forgiven. Here's the thing that happens if you continue to wrestle with that shame and guilt. You will forget that Jesus loves you so dearly. And so I can beat myself up every day about this mistake I made eight years ago. And believe me, it is heavy. And I don't like that aspect of my life, but I need to press on. And have I learned from that? Yes. Will I ever bully anyone ever again? No. Will I include everyone? Absolutely. No matter what situation, no matter where you come from, you are included and you are in my life and I love you dearly. Will I ever make that mistake again? No. But I won't let that shame and that guilt burden me anymore. Because I've been forgiven. And he still calls me friend imperfect me. So shame and guilt will make you forget that you are called friend. And then there's this other guy. His name is Peter. Someone say Peter. Peter. He made the same mistake. He betrays Jesus. In the same context, in the same moment, in Luke chapter 22, Peter says, hey, Jesus, I'm bros with you. I'm with you to the very end. If you're out, I'm out too. It's like the, like, I, I played high school sports, so like we always said, bro, if you get into a fight, I'm with you, bro. That's what this guy is saying. Jesus, if you're going down, I'm going down with you. And Jesus says this prayer. He says, 
I have prayed for you, Simon, Simon who is called Peter, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, implying that he knows that a mistake is going to be made, when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. This is Peter. I'm with you. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, that before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. Some will say three times. And so this is before Judas gives Jesus over. The same conversation. Again, he knows that he's about to be betrayed by two of his closest friends. And so Judas gives him over and Jesus starts getting persecuted. They're beating him. He's walking. And guys, I want to give you such a crazy picture of what happened here. Can we put this up? Peter. Oh, wait, let me, let me describe this more. So Peter sees Jesus and there's people flocking around Jesus to see this scene. And this little girl and some of these people start recognizing that Peter was with Jesus. And they start saying, hey, weren't you with this guy? I've seen you around with him. I've seen you see the miracles that he's done. I've seen you help him in his ministry. Weren't you with him? No way. I wasn't with him. He was supposed to go to jail. And even to death with Jesus. Uh Uh-uh, I wasn't with him. And so for the third time, he's asked, don't you know this Jesus? And look at what he says. Luke chapter 22, verse 60. Let me find it. Luke chapter 22, verse 60. Man, I do not know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, I don't know who you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And Jesus, who was in chains, being spit on, Scorned, I'm going to turn aside. Spit on, scorned, beaten, and hit. He doesn't say anything to Peter. He just goes like this. He looks at him. The burden starts hitting in. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Two men. The same mistake. (laughs) Peter would weep bitterly and then he would run away. He's like, I am done with this Jesus stuff. I'm going out and doing what I used to do. I'm going to go back to being a fisherman. And I'm going to jump around a little bit and hopefully y'all can stick with me. But Peter goes back to where he used to be. That's a whole nother sermon. Peter goes back to where he used to be and he doesn't know what Jesus thinks of him, but then he remembers that Jesus loves him. And in the final chapter of John, can we put this up here? Final chapter of John. Do we have it? John 21. Peter's on a boat fishing and Jesus dies and rises again and Peter thought that he was all alone. And Peter felt terrible. He tossed everything aside. He wanted nothing to do with the disciples. He's not in it anymore. He ran away. But look at what Peter does when he hears Jesus off on the shore. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, this is talking about John, said to Peter, it is the Lord off the shore calling these guys to drop the net on their boat and they recognize their master's voice. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken off and he jumped into the water. Do you think he wanted to go and talk to the person that he betrayed? 
but he knew the one place that he would find the healing that he needed. And even in his iniquities, and even though he made a big mistake, and even though he messed up, he had the boldness to go and chase after Jesus yet again. And let me say what I want to say. It is in our closeness to Christ that we find the forgiveness for ourselves. And this is such a backward equation because here's what shame and guilt does. It says, oh, you're too ugly to be close to him. But here's what the grace and love of God says. Even in your ugliness, I want to be close to you. Can I get an amen? Oh, if we're going to clap, you're going to clap in this place. They betrayed the son of man himself. I'll tell you what, whatever you've done, Nick, you don't know what I did. Whatever you've done, the Son of Man is off on the shore calling your name. And he's ready for you to jump out of the boat. Just come and give him a hug. And you don't need to bear that burden any longer. There is no more condemnation for you through Christ Jesus. And so why is it important to forgive ourselves? And we're going we're gonna to start wrapping this up. Why is it important to forgive ourselves? Here's what I'll say. Holding on to past mistakes can prevent you from moving into forward or future callings. Do you not think that Jesus had an incredible dream for Judas's life? Here's the example. Peter, who did the same mistake, would go on to lead the start of a revolution of the church. He used the dude that betrayed him. Sold him out. Do you think he would not be able to do the same for Judas? Friend? And so holding on to the past mistakes, going through that shame and guilt over and over and over again can prevent you from moving forward into where God has you or wants you to be. And look at how Paul writes this. And this is a man who had made some big, big mistakes. He would even go as far as to kill and persecute Christians. People who believed in Christ and then all of a sudden he was changed. Listen to what he says. And this is a reminder to us on how we ought to think about our past. But there's one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and staring or straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God, God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The past is the past. Press on. You've already been forgiven. And when you've accepted the forgiveness of Christ, it's for your sins and your past, your present and your future. You are forgiven. Don't let yesterday weigh you down. Go and change the world today. There is more ahead of you than a mistake in your past. There is more ahead of you than a mistake in your past. But you don't know what I did to my kids. Oh my gosh, I was so terrible and I treated them poorly and I was addicted and I didn't know what I was doing and I couldn't sort it out. There's so much more ahead of you. In fact, God's love and the Holy Spirit leading you can actually go and restore a relationship. But if you're too afraid to forgive yourself and to continue to grow and press on, you will never restore it. But you don't know what I did. You don't know what I did. I stole money from this company and they're fired and they might not let you back, but you can at least go and reconcile and make things right. I don't know if I'll ever have a relationship with that person I bullied, but I can at least go and make things right. I can beat myself up every day for a stupid cell phone or I can just engage with my son. 
There's more ahead of you than a mistake in your past. The second thing I want to say is that Christ is in the business of taking mistakes and turning them into miracles. He has this master plan, and in fact, he can use all of these things for good. He's crazy that way. That he can take a past mistake to whatever severity it was and actually do something good with it. Look at this, Romans 8, 28, in that same chapter that we shared before. And we know that in all things, God, God works for the good. Someone say good. Of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes you've given your heart to him some good will come out of this can I give you an example I'm able to share this story of my past with you even though it was messy I'm able to help and perhaps shed some light on God's forgiveness would I ever want that ever again no but God knows how to work good out of it here's what I love A mistake cannot trump his good plans for your life. Peter betrayed the son of man and still was called the rock of the church and would be one of the reasons that we are standing here, sitting right now, standing here today at Core Church, finding our connection with our Savior because he did not let a past mistake burden him for the rest of his life. He found the forgiveness for himself. He understood the forgiveness of God and applied it to himself and said, even though I made the biggest mess up ever, I can still go lead? That's God's grace. God's grace empowers you to do what God has called you to do. It's not just a get by free card. It actually empowers you to go forward. Our past, our present, and our future has been forgiven. We no longer carry the burden of our inadequacies. Can I pray real quick? If we can all bow our heads. Jesus, you know what we did? And the crazy thing is, is that Even in knowing what we did, you still love us. The scripture says, for while we were still sinners, you sent your only son. What type of crazy love is this? A love that I can't understand. I can't believe you would love a bully like me. I can't believe you would love an addict like me. I can't believe you would love a broken husband like me. I can't believe you would love a broken father like me, but you do. if anyone here, no one's looking around, if you just have a burden that's on your shoulders, if you want to raise your hand, we're going to lift these burdens up to God this morning. If that's you, no one's looking around. Don't be shy. Go ahead. Yep. I see some hands. I see some hands. Don't be shy. No one's looking around. This is your moment to go to God and say, I am giving you this burden on my shoulder. If it's you and you want some freedom, go ahead and go for it. Yeah. I see that hand. You can put your hands down. You know who you are. God, we lift up our burdens to you. We know that we are forgiven. We know that we are set free. And so whatever it is on our heart, and you know exactly what it is, God, I pray that you would free us this morning so that we can step into who you have called us to be. It will no longer hold us back. That shame and guilt will no longer be the loud voice in our head, but your love and your grace would be the loud voice in our head and in our soul. God, we thank you for your love. 
In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.